Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. waiting for as you know we've been here since uh, early hours of this morning just uh, waiting for the expected departure of Rafa Benitez from Everton after his future was under discussion last night after the board met after they spoke to the owner Farhad Mashiri well the decision has been taken as we expected Rafa Benitez has left Everton he's no longer Everton manager after 200 days for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of A View from the Bullins with me, Jack Kemp, hosting and standing in for Mick Kemp today, and then the regulars, Lee McLean and Matthew Neal. Lee, I'm going to come to you first. So it's been a tumultuous few days at Goodison Park with obviously Rafa being sacked and then sort of the new manager search, which is now in, in, in process. With Rafa, how do you think his time as Everton manager will be remembered? <laughs> good question Jack to start off with there um, listen we've always said you know we're not we don't we tend to shy away from swearing on this podcast um, but it's very very difficult not to when you're asking me that question listen it was a, it was a crazy appointment to begin with I think Everton fans are united on that at least or have been for the last six months something that should never have happened um, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing looking back on it now I think his six months will be looked at as one of the darkest six months periods any Evertonians had to endure. And like I've said before, that's saying something because some of the some of the rubbish we've had to watch and the the downs and disappointments of the last four or five years, there's been plenty of competition, but this has got to be up there with the worst six months I've had to endure as a blue. It just felt wrong from the start, Jack. It, it's just not right. It was, it was just such a bad fit. Um, like I say, another example of a terrible decision from a board or, or an owner that hasn't got a clue uh, when it comes to football matters. Um, I was in the camp with Benitez from the start, uh, probably in the 10% minority where I didn't want him. He wasn't my first choice, but I was more than willing to give him a chance. And sort of if he was going to have a, a positive impact on the team, I could probably learn to live with that. Um, in the first few weeks, it looked like that was going to be the case. It looked like we had a plan. You know, we started off quite brightly. We all we keep recalling this trip down to Brighton that we all went to and enjoyed, and things were all rosy in the garden back then. But as we've seen, things changed pretty quickly, and he was always going to be a negative result or two away from complete disharmony um, with the fan base. He was never going to get given the time that other managers would have been afforded. And yes, he did have excuses. Yes, he did have really major injuries and long-term injuries to keep players to contend with. Yes, he did have a £1.7 million transfer budget in the summer, the financial fair play constraints. He had all of that. But I think those excuses uh, wore thin in the last couple of months. And what we've seen creeping out more and more was this stubbornness and that, that nature about him, which we, we were warned about before he joined Everton Football Club. And some of the decision-making from, from Benitez was, was becoming more and more bizarre and farcical as the weeks went on and in my opinion he was putting his ego before what was best for the team and results and I think we've dropped so many points and you know you can look at some of the results that we've that we've been on the end of you know the worst home Merseyside Derby defeat since 1981 or 82 pushing 40 years you know a 5-2 humiliation against Watford you know, Brighton are beating us, Crystal Palace, Wolves, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, his decision to <laughs> persistently stick with Rondon when it clearly wasn't working, 
was was baffling and it became more baffling as time went on and that became more apparent. His decision to completely neglect the midfield and keep going with two when it was clear we were getting overrun in there and we needed another body in there. That was bizarre as well. Some of the, the, the recent changes playing two right backs and right backs at left back and I mean, you, you could go on forever, um, but in the end, he was his own worst enemy. When, and at a time where he needed as many friends as he could get and as many people on side as he could get, he seemed to be content on rubbing people up the wrong way. And the results reflected the decisions that he was making. So it was a decision that could have been made weeks ago in reality, but I'm just glad it's happened now. It was a massive cloud over, over the club. Um, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we can finally move on. Obviously, it doesn't automatically thing mean that things are going to turn around immediately. You know, of course, I'd be naive to think that, but I'm more confident now than I was 72 hours ago that we we'll, we might have a few positive days, nights on the agenda as Evertonians. I'm just glad it's over, Jack. If I'm honest with you, Matt Lee Lee mentions the trip to Brighton back at the end of August, where we were all there and. That day that they Everton played some good football and they, and they looked a real team. And I know Rafa's come out since he's been sacked and, and has blamed injuries. And, and he felt that he was confident that he would be able to turn it around. Where do you think it all went wrong, sort of at the end of August, beginning of September? Where did it go wrong for Rafa and Everton? You know, for me, he should have targeted the loan market at the end of the summer. You know, it was clear to see we were still very, very weak in certain places in the squad and a little bit of cover here and there might have helped them along the way. Um, you know, I certainly, you look at the fullbacks and the central midfield areas really lacking in numbers and any sort of quality there. And, you know, obviously with financial fair play restrictions, it was going to be difficult to bring, you know, players of real quality in, but I think some bodies here and there would have been most beneficial to Everton the first half of the season. And I think we really lost momentum there. But for me, it, it collapsed when, for some reason, the team stopped following the principles that it started with at the start of the season. And it's clear to see from the data and the analysis that Everton started the season quite well. They were very structured in the way they played. Um, defensively, they set up in a four-four-two system. They were they were very compact. They stopped play, uh, teams playing through the lines. You know, um, players knew their roles. And going forward, it was a very clear plan to let Abdullah Dekore play slightly further forward this season, along with Damari Gray and the signing of Andros Townsend as well culminated in Everton having a slight, slightly more threat on the counter-attack to go along with some of the, the decent defensive displays that we saw under Carlo Ancelotti. And it looked like a manager that was getting the best out of what he had. I think that's the biggest compliment I could give Rafa at the start of the season was it was nothing special, but he was getting the best out of what he had. And... He can blame injuries all he wants because, listen, any I think any, any team losing their two best goal scorers, their best central defender and their best central midfielder, there was always going to be, a, it'd be a drop in quality. But there was a drop in formations, drop in structures. 
just because individuals fall out of the team doesn't suddenly mean structures and formations and tactics and the basics of playing football go out the window. It should they, the the individuals that come into the team should just replace, you know, those rules and principles. And Everton, Everton have turned into a real, real mess under Rafa Benitez. You know, the the teams are walking through us defensively. We look wholly unorganised. You know, teams are playing through us very, very easily. You know, and and we cannot keep a clean sheet. And the consistent of conceding goals early in games and first has probably let Rafa down and he's not been able to rectify that. And clearly that comes down to character, comes down to motivation and clearly Rafa had lost a certain amount of spark in that dressing room. I think it's well known that his principles are mundane, slow, lethargic and I'm not sure they work in modern day football. And I think tactically, he was completely found out. And by the end, we were playing three or four different systems per game. We were setting up completely different every game. It was clear to see that a man, there was a manager on the sideline that had lost all confidence in his own principles. Very similar to what happened under Marco Silva, Ronald Koeman, where they suddenly decide that they can no longer trust what they believe in and start trying to change things. And that, for me, is always a sign that a manager is out of his depth. I think, as Lee touched on perfectly for me, you know, the state of the club and, the, you know, the cloud, the dark cloud that we've had for six months now, you could really start to feel it. I think nobody was enjoying watching us. You know, I, we shouldn't be sat midweek dreading to watch the football on a Saturday. And I think we all were. I know I was. And I've got a feeling this week, just because he's gone, that we can actually win the game of football. And it was totally the right time to go. He should have gone a long, long time ago. But thankfully, the club have made a decision. I'd like to also add that his continual persistence to not use... The three substitutions when Everton were behind in games. I remember Brentford, Crystal Palace and Norwich at the weekend. Everton only using two substitutions, not throwing on strikers to to, to either equalise or win games. Definitely put a rod in his own back and it was only a matter of time. The only good thing I could say about Rafa is that he probably has made the squad slightly stronger in terms of recruitment and we've seen the emergence of Anthony Gordon and he should probably be praised for that because he's given Anthony a real platform now to start performing at Everton on a consistent basis. But overall, he he is statistically the worst Everton manager ever. 26% win rate in the league. That is not acceptable at Everton Football Club. It'll never be acceptable at Everton Football Club. And I'm afraid, Rafa, it's bye-bye. I think you summed that up really well, Matt. I think the point you made about the substitutions, I remember when we were at Brentford, that was a real bugbear of mine. His almost refusal to um, throw the kitchen sink at the opposition and just throw men forward. And it was almost, he wouldn't deviate from his plan. And 
I think we as fans would sit there scratching our heads, wondering what the actual plan was at times, because it wasn't completely clear, was it? Um, I just want to pick up something that you said, Matt, and I'm going to go to you, Lee. So Matt spoke about um, the dark cloud being lifted after um, a real, you know, horrible and very, not very enjoyable six months. So we now obviously have got to start looking at the new manager. Everton have obviously announced that Duncan Ferguson um, will take charge of first team affairs um, for the upcoming games. How many that is, we're still uncertain. We know he's being supported by uh, Leighton Baines, John Ebrill and Alan Kelly. Um, moving forwardly, got a couple of questions. First question, would you give it to Duncan Ferguson till the end of the season so Everton can take stock, evaluate all the candidates and then appoint someone in the summer? So that's the first question. And secondly, who is the man for you who can take Everton forward? Um, I think it, in relation to do we give Duncan the job until the end of the season, I think that depends on whether the targets Everton are looking at are available now or not, or whether they think they're going to be available in summer. So you look at a couple of examples. So uh, Potter at Brighton, seems like he's enjo- enjoying things there. You know, he, he certainly, I don't think, would jump ship now. He may be one that would only be available come the summer. There may be other people in the background where the same uh, rules apply. Or if, if if the names that have been banded around are accurate, and we're talking Wayne Rooney, Frank Lampard, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of others, but I think they're the main two that are sticking out at the minute. They're, they're available straight away. So if Everton Football Club think that they can go and get the man sooner rather than later, We've got to remember we have still got half the season left. You know, there's still a lot of football to be played. Now, unfortunately, European football and that hope, uh, you know, that, that that sailed a long time ago. That's too far away. Um, but could we rescue a mid-table finish and possibly you know, really, really attack the FA Cup? You know, that, that competition's still there. Um, so, you know, we, we may want to get someone in and in place you know, in a couple of weeks um, or whenever they feel ready to do so. So I think, it, I don't know, it, it, it's a tough one with Duncan Ferguson, isn't it? Because he's been in this position before, unfortunately. I'm sure he he, he wouldn't have wanted to have been put in this position again, but he has. He, he's someone who's always going to be willing to step up to the plate. Uh, massive Evertonian at heart. I think he'd, he'd die for the club. Um, he's basically one of us who's living, living our dream. So I've got every faith that as a motivator, you know, as, as a figure in that dressing room, he's going to lift things straight away. I think he'll command respect. I think people will want to put that extra 10% in for Duncan Ferguson, probably out of fear more than anything else. But I think that's doing Duncan a bit of a disservice as well because he's not just this big, scary individual who who's going to put the fear of God up players and that's the only reason why they're going to perform. I think he has got a little bit of nous about him and maybe, you know, people have I've heard people come on and say he's he's the constant in the last four, five, six managers. You know, Duncan Ferguson's been there all along. So is he part of the problem? I think that's unfair because in his position, he's assistant manager, first team coach, whatever you, whatever position he's been in. You know, in that position, you've got to play second fiddle to the manager. You can't be the voice in the dressing room. You know, so Duncan Ferguson's probably had to hold back with some of the things that he wanted to say, implement, Whereas now, whether it's just this week, whether it's the next two games, three games, four games, whatever, he has f- full free reign and full license 
to put his ideas across on the training ground and have a match day. And I'm confident with, with Duncan Ferguson that he'll do a better job than Rafael Benitez did because, like Matt said there, and, and you know, as always, Matt summed things up really, really articulately very, very well. Rafa Benitez's time as a manager has been, been and gone. I think that style is outdated. Um, and, you know, th- we didn't get the Rafael Benitez that Liverpool had in 2005, 2006. The game's moved on, but Rafael Benitez hasn't. Where I think Duncan Ferguson, I think he's more modern, more progressive. I think he's, he'll be more willing to adapt his style. I don't think he'll have the ego. He certainly won't put anything in front of what's best for Everton Football Club because we know for a fact Duncan Ferguson wants what's best for Everton Football Club whereas you can't say that hand on heart with Rafael Benitez so I think do I think Duncan Ferguson will get the job full time probably not no for a number of reasons um, we don't even know if, if Duncan fully wants the job or not That that's another question um, but if you were to ask me who my preferred choice would be I, I would have loved Gaultier in the summer I'd still love him now but again, I don't think he's available. But out of the ones that are being reported as, as linked with the Everton job, so i.e. Rooney and Lampard, they're, they're the, probably the two favourites as it stands. I'd be edging towards Wayne Rooney as, as my pick. I'd be I'd be okay with either, I'll be honest, because I think they do both tick a lot of boxes that we need. Both young, both uh, wanting to prove themselves as a manager for different reasons. I think Lampard would want to sort of prove that what happened to Chelsea was a blip and he's learned from that um, you know, and, and he can point towards a number of positives there as well. I think he left them with 11 points from the top of the league where Chelsea are 12 points off the top now and, and the manager's getting all sorts of credit. Um, you know, it doesn't take any nonsense by all accounts as well. Definitely got a great football brain, well respected. Someone as a player that, you know, all the players he played with said, you know, you can, you can see, you, you knew straight away he was going to become a great manager. Um, Wayne Rooney, I think, ticks all those boxes as well. But he, he understands the club and he, he gets the, the demands of the fans. And I think just historically, you know, Everton have tended to do well with an ex-Evertonian in charge. And I know that might be a bit of a short-sighted and, and you know, naive view. Um, but I think that's the reason why he would just tip the scales towards him slightly for me. And you can't ignore the job he's doing at Derby. It's absolutely incredible. And by all accounts, he's desperate for the job as he got unfinished business at Everton as well it just seems like that perfect fairy tale story and you know you could see him coming in and, and achieving something that he didn't get to achieve as a player for whatever reason and we won't go into that um, so for me with the ones who are linked I think Wayne Rooney would be my choice but I just want to go on record and saying I, I, I love Dun- I, I literally I know love's a strong word but I love Duncan Ferguson along with so many others I want to wish him the very best uh, we're all right behind him. And, I, and like Matt said there, I can't wait. And this is the first time I've said this for, for a long, long time. I can't wait to get to Goodison Park on Saturday with him there on the touchline, going up against Steven Gerrard, a proper Evertonian. We're all going to be right behind him. And that sort of air of toxicity you know, at Goodison Park is going to be lifted straight away. And I can't wait for that. So I just hope Duncan, wish him all the best. Um, and I hope he does as well as he did last time in his short time as, as interim manager. Yeah, well said, Lee. I think I can only echo your thoughts there regarding Duncan Ferguson, and I'm sure every Evertonian thinks the same. Um, Matt, just just picking up on Wayne Rooney, because Lee's brought him into the conversation, um, is there a potential danger with Wayne Rooney that he could be a divisive appointment 
not to the level of Rafa Benitez, but do you think the fan base would be fully behind him? Do you think some of the fans maybe haven't quite forgotten about the way he first he left the club first time? I think there's potential for that. I think that certainly, um, I'm not sure it would be the rousing reception that uh, Duncan Ferguson would get if he, if he got the job for the rest of the season. Um, I think there's also big question marks over Wayne Rooney. I think just disappointing a manager with so little experience would, would also be a big danger. And I think a large majority of the fan base would probably be slightly wary of whether he was ready to take on such a, a large position. But also remembering that this is his club, you know, despite, you know, his time at Manchester United, he, he's an Everton fan, he's an Everton boy. And would the would he put too much pressure on himself in, on his, you know, he's a young manager and whether he'd get engulfed by the job and by wanting to do so well, maybe that would be a burden on him. It, it, it really is a difficult one. I think... Where I am with, with Wayne Rooney is he's done a fantastic job at Derby so far. And I think the people that you speak to, the people that have been around him are very, very impressed by what he brings, the footballing brain that he's got, the man management skills that he's shown so far. I mean, you, you have to remember this is a group that one, wasn't getting paid for a large majority of the season. And two, the amount of throwbacks, hits they've taken from the EFL this season. It's just incredible. And yet he still gets the motivation, the character out of a threadbare squad, which is made up of the remaining first team players and the Derby Academy. And if if it wasn't for the minus 20 points or so, they'd be sitting in 11th place in the championship with a, with a very, very average team. So... From that perspective, where Everton are now in the short term is Everton need points. And they need points very, very quickly because they are statistically the worst team in the league for four months now. This isn't a flash in the pan with this Everton side. This is a team that's hit rock bottom and it's hit rock bottom again. And they need to start picking up points very, very quickly because Everton's running is not kind to a team that can't pick up wins. So where I am with Rooney is like I am with a lot of the candidates is they're not perfect. They're bringing, they're, they're, there's so many if, buts and maybes with them all. Um, with Rooney, if Rooney did end up at Everton, he has to bring in his backrooms team for me. I've, I've, I've been, I've heard from, from, from people within the game um, that people like Liam Rossini are excellent at the, you know, the analyzing the games, the tactical stuff. And I think Wayne would definitely need people around him with those type of qualifications to help him along the way. Again, Wayne Rooney, I think I personally feel Wayne Rooney would become Everton manager at some point in his career. And it's a long old career. So, I think if that one doesn't happen now, it'll happen in the future. But Everton have got this for me, Jack. 
Everton have got a, a decision to make now. And, and I, I like Lee's point there about saying, if we can get the target we want now, get him in now. But if we can't, wait till the summer. And that's absolutely correct. Don't don't get a target that we don't want. Get Let Dunk take the reins to the end of the season and we'll assess. The big problem any Everton manager is going to have is that the off-field structure of the club isn't there currently. And the advantage of giving it to uh, a Duncan Ferguson is Everton have got, then got six months to get a structure in place with a director of football and some footballing staff that come in. So, and then the football, the footballing, footballing director then has an input in who the new manager is. Whereas if you appoint a manager now and then a director of football further down the line, what if that director of football then can't work with that manager or vice versa? So, we at wait like I said, Wayne, like most ninety nine point nine percent of the candidates men- mentioned, there's so many pros and cons with them all, and unfortunately, that's where Everton are at the moment. Yeah, I completely agree, Matt. I think there's um, big risks attached to all the candidates. Um, and, and like you said, I think Rooney's doing a terrific job at Derby, but I think it would be fair to say if he wasn't an Evertonian and if he hadn't played for Everton and had that connection with the club, I don't think the Everton hierarchy and the fans would even be considering him. And I, and I think it is that attachment to the club. Um, and that's the reason why his name's being mentioned. Um, I, I think part of the problem Everton have got at the minute is in dire straits, um, I know there are some fans within the fan base who believe that um, relegation is a, is a real possibility. Um, and it'll be interesting to get your guys' thoughts in a moment. I know that there are some fans who feel that Everton you know, will get out of it and, and their squad's too good and, and there's, there's three teams that are worse. Um, Lee, are, are Everton in a position where... Yes, we might want to wait for the ideal candidate in the summer, but will Everton's hand be forced to make a permanent appointment quickly? Because, you know, will Mashiri be thinking, you know, we can't run the risk of being relegated here with with an inexperienced manager in Duncan Ferguson, who's done a handful of games. We need to get someone in now. We all know what happened a few years ago um, when, you know, he, he got Allardyce in, you know, firefighter to try and make sure that the club didn't get relegated. Um, you could argue that the club are in a current, they're in a worse position than they are they are now than they were when Allardyce came in. Could you see Mashiri sort of getting a little bit um, keen and, and appointing someone who again, isn't particularly someone the fans want, but just to ensure that Everton don't get relegated? Or or could you see him thinking, no, actually, I will stick with an interim and we'll just see how the the rest of the season pans out? Well, this this is far happier year we're talking about, Jack. So, you know, listen, unfortunately, you couldn't put anything past him. I think the sensible thing to do, I think what the majority of us would like to see happen, is just see how it goes. Don't rush into, like Matt said there, don't rush into anything. You know, we've, we've mentioned, you know, wanting to get someone more experienced in due to the predicament that we find ourselves in. You know, that we've mentioned Lampard and Rooney as two. You know, and we could be off, off kilter here and there might be someone else that, that, that they're looking at. Uh, but they, they're not 
terribly experienced compared to Duncan Ferguson. So you're doing Duncan a, a disservice there. You know, so if you're going going to go just off Premier League experience, you might as well just give it to Duncan Ferguson until the end of the season. Um, the, the question is, are we in? Are we likely to go down or are we in danger to go down? So we're not likely to go down because there's three. There are, I think there are three worst teams down there. Um, but there are a couple of things that just make you a little bit uneasy and disturb your sleep at night. And that's Newcastle. You know, you, you, they're going to, by all accounts and by reports that you, you, you're reading today, they're going to throw everything at it, at signings. You know, it doesn't look like they're going about things the right way, but I think they're going to really give themselves a shot. You know, so could they, in the second half of the season, get a bit of feel-good and rally and a bit of momentum and, and see themselves to safety? And if so, that's, that's one position gone. Um, so, but And I'd like to think, as a squad, you take away Rafael Benitez from the equation. As a squad, Everton should not be... We're, we're bad and we're weak in certain areas. Um, you know, and the drop-off in quality when we've got injuries is far, far too big. But we're not 16th in the table, bad Jack. I, I refuse to believe that. I think if you go through the team when fully fit, and we are pretty much fully fit now, we shouldn't be 16th in the table. If you go through that first choice 11, you know, we've got England's number one, Jordan Pickford, Jerry Mean is a great centre-back, you know, and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he can stay fit for, for a sustained period. You know, Ben Godfrey has proven himself to be a useful player. Patterson and Michaelenko look like good fullbacks. You know, good profiles. Hopefully, we can we can bed them in, and they can settle down quickly and offer us something that we've been missing for a while. In the midfield, there, Decore, great player. I know he needs the the right system around him to get the best out of him, but you know, a quality player. You know, in the wide positions, Damari Gray, Richarlison, Andros Townsend. Even Anwar El Ghazi coming in now. There's a lot. Of, there's there's quality there. There's goals there. There's assists there, and then you've got arguably England's number nine for the next five ten years in Dominic Calvert-Lewin back to full fitness as well. So there's enough there to suggest that you know we should be at, at worst mid table. You know between eighth and tenth for me when everyone's fit. It's just about having the right person in there to to get the best out of the players and get the results that we that we should have been getting. I think if the decision would have been made a month ago, I don't think we'd be in any danger at all because I think we've wasted time and we've wasted some very, very easy fixtures on paper by persisting with Rafael Benitez and that's where the, the frustration comes from, certainly with me. Um, so I hope he doesn't panic. I think we have got it. We've still got, if you look ahead to the next four or five games, there are games that we can win if, if Duncan gets things right. Um, and if he does, and he does really, really well, he galvanises everything, he's, he's going to unite the support, we know that, then there very much will be an argument, give it to him, let him give, give him a chance to, to prove himself until the end of the season. But if someone else with the credentials comes along and, and the opportunities there, you know, we may not be able to turn, up, turn our noses up at that. I just pray and I hope that Mashiri doesn't go for the Hollywood name again. You know, somebody who's won a European Cup, 30 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago, and a big name, a dinosaur, someone with outdated ideas and tactics. Please don't go. We're sick of that. We've tried that. It didn't work. We need something different. So I hope the voice of the fans has, has carried and it's been loud enough for them to understand this is what needs to happen. But Jack, mate, this is Farhad Mashiri. You know, he's, he's a loose cannon. 
when it comes to these sorts of decisions. So I wish I could say say all of this stuff with 100% confidence, but unfortunately I can't. We're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out and put our trust in an owner who unfortunately we've not been able to trust much in the last four or five years. Yeah, I, I agree, Lee. I think when we spoke back in the summer, when we were looking at who we wanted, I think you know, the phrase that we sort of all agreed on at the time was Everton. And what we wanted was a young, hungry manager. And I know um, from sort of the conversations we've all had, um, those um, ideas and thoughts have not changed at all. Um, Matt, just want to ask you one more quick question on Rafa. Um, so obviously, when, when a manager is sacked, uh, the, new, the new guy who comes in, whether it's interim or permanent, has obviously some slightly different ideas and might do things slightly differently. Do you think there's any current players in that squad at the minute who were sort of frozen out under Benitez who now might be thinking they might get an opportunity under Duncan? Um, that's an interesting question, actually. Um... I think Benitez definitely had a weakness in picking the same senior players that let the team down week in, week out and failed to replace them. And that can't be good for squad morale. You know, anyone that's played football knows if, it, if your mates had a bad one the week before and he gets picked again in front of you, you're not happy. And others look around the dressing room and they go, what's he doing here? And there'll definitely be one or two in that Everton squad that'll be thinking there's two or three in this Everton side that haven't performed all season and are still in in the side. And I think when I look at things, certainly on the dunk in the next week or so, I'm looking at centre-back for sure and I'm thinking it's a risky one, this, but I know the big dunk is a big fan of Mason Holgate. Um you know, and that, and that's a that's a bold choice because I don't think any of us could sit here and and say we're we're Mason Holgate's biggest fan. But you look at Michael Keane; he's he's had a dreadful few weeks. Uh, poor old Keane is is again down in the dumps, and he had a stinker again at the weekend. And I, I, for me, he's played every game this season, Michael Keane, and I think it's probably best for him to take some time away now and regroup. So I think any of the centre-backs, whether it be Jared Branthwaite or Mason Holgate there, to come in next alongside Yeri Mina, definitely will be looking at that spot. I think if we're looking at the new signings, I certainly think there could be potential to start Nathan Patterson at the weekend. Um, I think I think Seamus is... For me, it's it's difficult because I don't want to throw Nathan Patterson right into it, but I just can't see how Seamus keeps his position when week in, week out, he's at fault for goals. Again, at the weekend, he gives the ball away sloppily, which which then results in Norwich breaking, and that's how the second goal comes about. And it's so, it's just become too much of a, a common theme this season, him giving away goals. So there's definitely potential for Nathan Patterson for me to start at the weekend I think in, you look in midfield unfortunately the midfield for me if Everton are looking to do any more business they've got to be looking for a loan in that in that midfield area because there's no one you could say oh he'll come in and he could do something because Tom Davies looks like he'll be out for most of the season now um, 
you know, I think Fabian Delft finished at Everton. And then you've got Gomez, Alan and Decore. So there's very little any new manager can can do there. I think if Everton are going to look anywhere, it's going to be central midfield, try and get a loan in before the end of the window, whether that be Dunk or and liaison with uh, Mashiri and Ken Wright to get one in or whether we'd have a new manager in place, you know, for him to say, you know, we'll, we'll get him alone. And then obviously you look at you look at the the wingers and the up front ball. Thankfully, touch wood, we're going to have Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison back. So they'll be biting it. You know, they'll be chomping at the bit to get back in, in the side. And then out wide's a difficult one because the wide players are probably the best part of the team this season. Uh, I think Townsend, Gordon and Gray have all performed pretty well. So I guess someone like Algarzi will be looking for minutes, certainly off the bench, whether he can make an impact. But, you know, that, I think that'll be, he's going to have to play really, really well for me to get into this Everton side. So I think mainly you're looking, for me, it's centre-back. I think any of the centre-backs could be drops. Um, and I certainly think Nathan, Nathan Patterson will be looking and thinking, this is my opportunity now to come in at right back and, um, you know, let's start my Everton career with a bang. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what Ferguson does with the defence because I think we can all agree that's the area of the team that, that needs a lot of work and it'll be interesting to see whether he goes with a back two or a back three. Does he change personnel? Um, that, that'll be really interesting come Saturday. Um, so moving on, Lee, Saturday, um, Everton welcome Aston Villa, um, who have, it, it's funny really, because both clubs seem to be following a similar pattern this season. Um, Aston Villa hit a pretty wretched run of form um, prior to Christmas, where I think they lost five in a row. Um, the Aston Villa board, acted quite swiftly, really, um, and removed Dean Smith and, and obviously got in Stephen Gerrard. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that, that there's definitely been an upturn in their fortunes. Um, how do you see the game going on Saturday, uh, Lee? Um, yes, I think it's a shame. Obviously, Villa did the right thing and acted swiftly, like you said, Jack, with Dean Smith. That's exactly what we should have done a month ago you know, a month plus perhaps with Rafael Benitez. And I think we could have been looking to be in possibly the same position as Villa are in now. Um, how do we see it going? There's so many subplots, Jack, isn't there? Um, obviously, you've got Luca Dean, uh, you know, who's now playing for Aston Villa, you know, massively popular player with the Everton fans, but probably would have still been at Everton had we have got rid of Rafael Benitez a month ago. It's just crazy when you think about it. Um You've got Coutinho coming back, ex ex Liverpool Liverpool player who we were linked with. Obviously, you've got Gerard on the touchline, who you know isn't the most popular of uh, figures, not only for me but for many others for for a lot of reasons. Um, and now we've got Duncan on the sideline. So listen, the 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 question: How do you think Saturday's going to go? I just think the atmosphere is going to be incredible. I can't wait. I think it just it, it Duncan Ferguson will raise the roof at Goodison Park again and I just can't wait for that I can't wait just to feel like I've got my club back a little bit because like as Matt alluded to earlier on it's been it's been horrible uh, home games have been horrible the away ends we've been in a few of them they've been horrible just this sort of th there's been no hope 
amongst Evertonians. The atmosphere has been so low, so flat. Even the whole game when we were there, you know, three goals went in. You could barely muster a cheer because things were that bad and the, the ill feeling around the club was so tangible. But now looking ahead to Saturday, you know, that's going to be completely different. It's Duncan Ferguson against Gerrard. Aston Villa are there, okay? Yes, they've improved since Gerrard's come in, but they're not unbeatable. They're not world beaters, you know. Um, they're there to be got at. They've got weaknesses. And if Everton perform the way we can perform, and if Duncan gets certain decisions right, which I hope he will, and, and these decisions, I, I echo a lot of what Matt's just said, by the way, in terms of the changes that I feel need to happen as well. Definitely centre-back. Definitely right-back for me. I think the three in midfield, unfortunately, picked themselves, as do the, the, the other three up front, Gray, Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin. If we can get those players on the pitch, Yerry Mina there, you know, it's, it's the starting eleven that we've been crying out for and desperate to see for so long um, after all the injuries that we've had to endure. I just hope, Jack, that it's the start of, of something, a little bit of a turnaround. Now, I'm going to get all romantic and all... Um, what's, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Gooey-eyed. Gooey, no, no, uh, nostalgic. Right, nostalgic yeah. I'm looking for. I last night I was lying there, couldn't sleep in bed, so I put on the Everton 1994-95 season review, and it was one of those seasons. I think we had four points after 12 games. It's the worst start Everton have ever made to a season. Sack Mike Walker, Joe Royal came in, Duncan Ferguson came in with Ian Durant and all of that, and it was just that spark and that turning point and momentum just built and built and built, and we ended up finishing pretty much mid-table I think we we only dropped something like 12 points in half a season and won the FA Cup now I'm not saying that that's going to happen but what's the point being a football fan and following football you know if, if you if you don't allow yourself to to dream and and hope and I think just that word hope I'm glad I've got that back a little bit now um, and I think I think we will see a difference do I think we'll win the game I think it'll be touch and go I think it'll be really close I think the two teams are evenly matched but all I will say is we've got a hell of a a better chance now than we did after the game on Sunday. Um, and I just think Everton will go for him. If he, I'm assuming he's not going to start Rondon. For me, we're going from playing with 10 men. We'll have 12 men on Saturday with the fans back on side. And I think the, the power of that when it comes to Everton Football Club and Goodison Park, you think of all the things that have been said opposition managers players that have played there throughout the years when you've got Goodison Park back in that side there's nowhere like it um, and it's very very difficult for an opposition team to come and win there's, it's going to be hostile it's going to be in your face everything that Duncan Ferguson embodies it's going to be on Saturday and I can't wait yeah, I think um, I, I'm always a little bit worried about early kickoffs on a Saturday. I always think the atmosphere can be a little bit, um, a little bit, a little bit down and, and not particularly great. Um, but I think on this occasion, this football match could be played at any time on Saturday, and it's going to be raucous. It's going to be, um, it's almost going to feel like the fans are sort of closer to the pitch. They're going to be right on top of Aston Villa, and, and I know it. Duncan will unite the fans with the club, which is definitely something that's needed. Um, Matt, I just want to come to you. Um, so Lee mentioned um, about that season 94-95 when Joe Royal came in and Everton went on an incredible run. And I know during that season, they were labelled with this dogs of sort of dogs of war um, label that, that 
I think from what I've read, Joe Royal always felt was a little bit harsh because his teams did play some good football. Um, do you think the style of football on under Ferguson for next one, two, three, four games, however many it is, is it going to be like that dogs of wars, that sort of up and at them? It's, you know, it's blood and thunder. It's a hundred percent. It's, you know, we're winning the tackles. We're running that extra yard. Um, and, and I know from my experiences at Goodison, that is something that the Everton fans would absolutely um, love to see because it's been a while. Um, can, can you see it being like that for the sort of next three or four games? Yeah, definitely. I mean, whether it's sort of sustainable through the season um, is a question. But I mean, you've got to, you've got to see the results. Last time Dunk took charge, it was very much blood, thunder. You know, two two lads up front, making it very very difficult for the centre halves, and Everton were unbeaten. You know, barring a a penalty shootout versus Leicester, you know we didn't lose a game. I think this is where it baffles me with Everton and whoever's been there, whether it's been Brands, Mashiri, Ken Wright, picking the the managers, is that we haven't yet seen a manager that suits the needs of the football club. And that is a manager that understands what we want. We ever, I think it's slightly misconstrued sometimes that we just want fighters because, listen, the 1980s Everton side had plenty of fight, but let me tell you, you know, that's a side with plenty of football and quality as well. But what they did have was they had high pressing intensity. Unfortunately, unfortunately what we see, you know, across the park there at Liverpool, and we've been crying out for a manager like that for so long now. And it's a it's a blueprint that I can't believe Ever- Everton should be recruiting a manager to that blueprint every single time. A manager that's got high press, high energy teams. Um, and I think if you're talking about Saturday, my God, where Villa are weak, it is, it's centre-back. You know, Conser's out. You've got Mings there with Horst, I think, that they signed from... And Wolves a few seasons back. Let's get Calvert Lewin and Richarlison right up there, and I want to see not long balls. I want to see. I want to see them winning second balls. I want to see them. I want to see our wingers getting crosses in for them. I don't want Villa to have a second on the ball, and I think you're going to get that. And I think, and I, and I think we left a, a sort of name out earlier in in, in the managerial sort of talking there is a name that's come about it's Nico Kovac who I think from reading you know in between the lines is is another Everton target alongside Rooney and Lampard and he's also someone that could fit that mould his teams are well known for high press energy he likes to use the youth um, done very well at Frankfurt come in at Monaco got them from ninth to third and I think someone like that if they were going to go down that route employ a manager now that would also tick a lot of boxes but the point being that this Everton side always has to be on the front foot at Goodison doesn't mean you go charging up and leaving massive gaps it just means everyone presses as a team everyone fights for every ball and it makes such a difference we weren't given a, a, a chance when Dunk took charge against Chelsea uh, nearly two seasons ago now but over two seasons ago but we we battered them, we battered them. They didn't they didn't have a moment on the ball, and I think 
we need a win on Saturday. We need to get a win. And I'm confident that on a one-off game, Duncan Ferguson can get those boys riled up. And, you know, you go back to the 94-95 the season, Joe Royal. Yeah, let's get that back. You know, I think certainly in the short term, Everton, that's all I'd be doing. Fight spirit. Let's get points on the board. You know, it might not be pretty, but we don't care. And let's get the crowd involved and let's enjoy ourselves again. And I think if Everton are going to appoint a new manager on 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 that mo- of that mould, it has to be someone like that because for too long now we've had managers that don't understand the ethos of the football club and what we want as fans. And let's I've got full belief in Duncan that he'll bring that on Saturday. And I wouldn't. I think Aston Villa are probably looking. At, we're looking at this game previously thinking. We're in good form and we're going to get three points here. But I think I think they'll now be thinking, listen, we're going to at least have to turn up and you know play our football and play a really good game because Everton aren't going to let us have one second and I'm all for it. Sticking with you then, Matt, predictions. What are your thoughts then for Saturday? Give me your prediction. Well, it's a new era. It's, it's the end of Rafa Benitez and... I'm going to go positive. I think I've touched on it before there. I generally do think Villa are very, very weak at the back. I think they've got some lovely midfield players. And if we don't get close enough to them, then, yeah, we could have a bit of trouble. But I do think if Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison are fit, the centre-back area, we can really target. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go for an Everton 2-1 victory. Lee, prediction? Again, in the spirit of the ninety four ninety five season, I'm going to echo. I'm going to go with the result that Joe Royal got in his first game, that famous Merseyside derby. I'm going to go two 0 I think I just I can just see it. Like um, Matt said there, I think we're going to be on the front foot. I can see him go more direct, chasing. You know, in in high areas, um, and I definitely agree that Villa are there to be got at the back. Um, and I just think it's going to be one of those days. And you know what I mean when I say that, just one of those days at Goodison Park where it all comes together. I'm very, very confident. I think we'll win 2-0. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Everton will win. Um, I, I just find it really difficult to see a clean sheet. So I think I think 2-1. Um, and, and I completely agree with you, Lee. I just think it'll be one of those days when the rubber, the green goes our way and, and we might just get a little bit of luck. That's all we've got time for today, guys. Um, We'll have another podcast uh, after the Aston Villa game with a bit of post-match analysis. Um, But thanks for listening and all the very best. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.